campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. So listener discretion is advised. today but you know what (laughs) oh we're fine everything's fine (laughs) um well anyway hey campers uh my name is kimmy and i'm here with my co-host ryan welcome back to lauren our folklore podcast where we tell you the history and stories of different legends and lore from all around the world and getting right into it uh this is a quiet change of pace because Ryan and I got so comfortable with morning recordings. <laughs> <laughs> so we are we seem a little sleepy, but you know what? We're here for a good little spooky time. So Hell yeah. Starting right into it. Ryan, do you want to tell me what you found alluring this week or in the last 48 hours in your case? Yeah, I had. I, I'm going on vacation this month, so I needed to pack all of my fall in, or not fall, but October into one weekend. So <laughs> we did Friday the Thirteenth tattoos. We did a Friday the Thirteenth slash Halloween party and a Ren Fair, <laughs> all in one weekend. And whew, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I need a I need a weekend from this weekend, but it's it's been fun. I got I got like six little baby tattoos. What were the and, ones you guys decided on? Um, I'll, I'll post pictures of them in the Discord, but I got I got a whole bunch. There's just little little oh. guys all over. Little <laughs> That's guy, great. little guy, little guy, little guy. We got all sorts <laughs> of tattoos. Um, because then they're just like tiny little like twenty dollar like uh, flash pieces, you know. Oh yeah. So, so I went pretty ham, and then I dressed as Ken for my Halloween party. Um, specifically, uh, rollerblading Ken. Um, and then it's because you're yeah. Ken enough, right? I'm I'm enough, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Ren Fair, I got to bust out the kilt, and it was it was a good time. So I got to play dress up like all weekend. Um, and then today I just tried to uh, sleep. And in it, so. Oh no. Oh, and then D and D today. So literally, just oh. boom, 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 boom. This are, weekend, but it's been fun. Are you DMing your campaign? No. no. Oh, okay. See, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, there ain't no way. I don't got time for that. I was gonna say, what compelled you to do all yeah. of that? No, I just, 
I'm playing a monk, so my campaign's very easy. It's like, do I want to punch stuff or do I want to punch stuff? Like, you know, it's. Oh yeah, You're <laughs> and just then funny. how many times do I want to punch? Oh. That's literally all I got to think about in D and D. Especially today, it was just a fighting day. There was like no story, so I was just like, all right, I'm gonna punch six times. <laughs> You're like, oh, what a glorious day to not yeah. be a spellcaster. That's the best. Spellcasters are suckers. You can just punch something over and over and over. And when you're level six monk, it counts as magic damage. So it's like, why why be a spellcaster? Yeah. It's for nerds. Thanks. Thanks. As a as a always spellcaster squad. I don't think I've ever been anything but a spellcaster ever. You're really missing out on the joys of just punching things. I I just got uh, the hot fire chick from Boulder's Gate. Oh, Carlac. And she just like does three things and she does them uh-huh. amazing. And, and I'm she's kind of like so good at them. I was like, why don't I play a barbarian mm-hmm. just once? Barbarians are even easier than monks. Your job is hit or smash. So I guess technically they're a little harder because you have two choices. Yeah. It's just like, (laughs) I'll go from my wizard panel, which takes up my whole bottom row. Yeah. Hers is like three things. (laughs) We're back to Baldur's Gate talk, by the way, everybody. This is now six episodes in a row, I think. Um, (laughs) We will keep talking about it until I beat it. And trust me. Until I die. I'm never stopping. Um. <laughs> we had uh, oh my god I was laughing so hard the I think it was Kelsey from Fairy Tale Fix mm-hmm. <laughs> she she messaged me she's like okay you guys have convinced me to buy Bulldog yeah Gate. I was like yes joy uh, Larry and Studios Studios give us money that's all we talk about anymore is Baldur's Gate we're no longer a folklore podcast Listen, if we really wanted to and we really felt compelled, we could do a folklore about the Boulders Gate, like one of their creatures, you know? So, (laughs) because they totally listen to our little indie podcast. (laughs) They do. Yeah, come on. Um, But anyway, people, yeah, comment. comment You got at least one person to buy Boulders Gate. So, that's all we need. It's more advertising than you did. Um, what what did you do this uh, this this last week, Kimmy? Oh man. Um, well, I got an ergonomic. Er, is it called ergonomic or ergonomic? Ergonomic, like a chair. chair? Yeah. Oh man, oh, the thing you're sitting on right now. Yeah, I can like. Wow. I don't think you can see it. I can like pull it out, and I can flip this little thing, and I can oh. like. I can like sit like cross legged. Okay. Oh. Uh, it's so nice. I always like yeah. have to sit with my legs cross-legged. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, nice on the back. Oh yeah, I can like I'm not hunched over like the hunchback of Notre Dame every episode. Were, were you sitting in that pink chair in the background? Yes. Before? Oh my god. It's like a. Are you okay? <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. Look, it's like a seashell chair. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's like that's like you. great aesthetically, but I could not imagine sitting for hours in that thing. No, I was dying. I I bought it. Yeah, it was like a pink seashell chair, and my house is all pink, blue, and green. Yeah, and that's I like really- a sit for a couple minutes and do like makeup or like waiting room type of chair. Not a not a sit <laughs> no. for not a work at your desk 
for yeah. hours type of chair. That's wild. Yeah, no, I very, I very was like, oh, I'm here for the aesthetic. And I'm like, I've made so many great mistakes. <laughs> but now I'm queen team comfort. Uh-huh. I got like croc sandals. I'm slowly converting. Nice. As much as it kills me. But you know what? Enjoy the comforts of life mm-hmm. <laughs> as you get older. But that's yeah, really no. it. You, I don't know. Get an ergonomic chair if you don't, listener, because do it. Your back, your back's dying every it's day. <laughs> changed my life. So the new chair. I don't know. I've been doing yoga daily and just organizing life. I've been nice. I've been a little quiet on our social media because I've been preparing for the twelve days of Krampus, and oh boy. <laughs> Ryan's not ready for it. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, no Tim Allen this year, right? A lot of background. What? No Tim Allen this year. You'll see. The, you the beam's dead, right? No, we're not going to. You will see. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, t- be 12 days of Tim Allen. And I, 12 I days of Tim Allen. be like, maybe today won't be Tim Allen, and then it will be. It's just pictures of his face on everything. Every, oh, my God. <laughs> Don't give me any ideas, Ryan. I'm not quite done with it yet. So <laughs> oh, I can no. still throw <laughs> But yeah, just, you know what? Everything's kind of been a vibe. Um, I'm trying to think how to help with a transition. You know, it. this chair has been out of this world. Oh, my goodness. Would you say it makes you smile? Oh, my goodness. It makes me smile so Oh, speaking of smiling, let's talk about this week's episode. There are those sweet campfire sounds. And we're just going to adjust Kimmy's camera again because everything's broken this week. Oh, yeah. All right. What what, what the heck are we talking about? Oh, wait. No, I got to do my poem. Everybody, stop. Stop talking. Okay. (laughs) Why are you frightened? Don't be frightened. We wish you no harm, he said. We mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. <laughs> now you do that. Now you do the what are we talking about. Right. Right. I know. I'm just smiling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about this week? Maybe I should put on my glasses. Give me like a mental portion of Ah, look at that. Man, sometimes I hate wearing glasses. <laughs> Not as an aesthetic thing. I feel, feel I look adorable. It's just like the pressure with the glasses and the headphones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ryan's just fucking around to start the episode. It's <laughs> Okay. Well, Ryan's having a moment. I'm going to... I'm going <laughs> to... Can that be our thumbnail image when we're done? Anyway. (laughs) So, while driving down the dark roads of West Virginia on Route 77, be wary of hitchhikers that lurk in the darkness. Though this is a general good rule to follow, there is one known to wave people down with an eerie grin plastered on his face. Though he means no harm and seems to come in peace, his strange appearance and UFO activity is enough to leave anyone who encountered him questioning their own sanity. 
So this week, we will be talking about the peculiar smiling man known as Indrid Cold. For all of our beautiful audio listeners, uh, you can head over to our website, loring.com, to our blog to check out this week's illustration, or you can go to our Instagram, or you can come hang out on YouTube for a minute. And this, there's this week's illustration. Um, the container will make sense as we start talking about it. But I am actually quite happy with how this one turned out because I'm not used to doing this color palette. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very different. I love it. So it's very like, uh, I, won't, I don't want to say pop art, but I feel pop art is a really great way to explain it for people that aren't super deep in art history. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's just like bright colors and it's super fun. And I was actually pretty happy with this. So... This week's extraterrestrial is known to have made a major impact in the cryptid community during the 1960s in West Virginia before fading away at the turn of the 1970s. So he was just here for a short time. Mm -hmm. And though this alien seemed to have left Earth's orbit for good, stories of him have evolved into more creepy urban legends, and tales of the smiling man are still told to this very day in short films and eerie indie video games. Now... What are the origins to the Smiling Man? So, legends surrounding this extraterrestrial all started with the first encounter that took place in October of 1966. That's when two young boys saw him on the side of the road. But it wasn't until a man by the name of Derenberg would report his first-hand encounter with this entity in November of 1966, which would quickly lead to the Smiling Man phenomenon. Um, the evening of November 1st in 1966, Durenberg had a strange encounter with a man-like alien entity on his way home from work. So Ryan's going to tell us more about this sighting, but for now, it's important to know this experience let him uneasy, and he ended up reporting the strange encounter to the Parkersburg police the following day. So this encounter was so strange, it wasn't long until word got out and the local news outlets quickly swooped in for a one-on-one -on -one TV interview. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very sorry. I'm going to pull this episode off the rails real quick because I just <laughs> completely remembered something that I intended to talk about now that we're talking about cryptids. Um, there was a new Bigfoot sighting <laughs> this last week. And... It, 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 <sighs> Phones have such good cameras, Kimmy. My phone, if if a 90s NASA scientist looked at my phone today, they would be like, that's the Hubble telescope on in your pocket. And once again, the cryptid hunting community has let me down with a with a video of Bigfoot walking along a mountainside on a trip. So let me give you some backstory. So supposedly there was a bunch of people on a train and they looked out the window and saw Bigfoot walking up the hill and only a single person on the entire train decided, let me whip out my phone and film this. And of course it was the one person with the iPhone four, um, one megapixel camera. And I will say much better than any other cryptid things I've seen before, but it's 2023. I know for a fact that their camera is better than that. And I, I believe I sent you the video. You did. I definitely I, posted the video in our Discord. 
It was um, so late at night, and Ryan messaged me. <laughs> it was so late. It was so late, you guys. And he messaged me. This is serious. And he sent it. He's like, I know what I'm talking about next week. <laughs> and I watched and the video. And I was just, like, oh, no. I'm just always let down by the cryptid community. I don't, I don't know what else to say. When you, when you, when you post, when you post a video of Bigfoot on YouTube and you have to put a red circle around it because it's just a blob on the screen, do better. (laughs) It's been so long since Ryan has had a Bigfoot camera meltdown, and I miss them so much. So if anything, I encourage people to post it's been a while. More, more fake Bigfoot stuff because, listen, <laughs> I need this. It's been a long week and this brings me so much joy. <laughs> Ryan, I just, you know what? I really feel you should take this opportunity to do a freelance class. Bio- <laughs> he put up the picture. <laughs> Tell me where in this image there's Bigfoot. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna no, make that a point. Point it out to me, because <laughs> you can't. We, you need to put the where's Bigfoot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crop Wolo it in, Fox. and you tell me if you see Bigfoot. All right. <laughs> all right, now spot Bigfoot. You can't, because, Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about everyone. Send Ingrid us your told. fake. Your Bigfoot sighting photos, because I know Ryan would just love them more. Hey, what? No, definitely real. Send your real, hundred percent real Bigfoot photos. Ryan, you just need this is an alluring marketing (sighs) opportunity. Ryan's gonna do a freelance Bigfoot photography class. You know, it's like a three day. It's a weekend thing. You go camping. You learn all about the camera skills, and you know what? My fiance is kick flipping in a Bigfoot saying, suit. In the video, <laughs> in the video that 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 image is from, there's at least six people talking in the video because they're like, "What's oh, what's that on the hill? Oh my god, I got a camera picture." Only one video, really? <laughs> Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Anyway. Let's get some. Let's get some stories because I'm. Yeah, you got all off your chest. I'm not feeling great. I'm not (laughs) feeling great, Kimmy. (laughs) I, you know, I've been trying to think of the perfect Christmas gift, and the idea of just giving you a shirt where it's just a collage of every Bigfoot photo (laughs) is so tempting. Because if I made it cool, you would (laughs) wear it. If I made it like the Taylor Swift eras T-shirt. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Just the blurry images of cryptids. TMT, yeah, you guys will see I that think one that'd in be the a shop. Shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. I'm going to read some stories. I'm writing that down real quick while you, while you start. All right. Let's do this. Um, so our first sighting takes place on October 16th, 1966, which. We're recording the day before this happened. I should have done the math while I was online. 23 miles. Um, the 57 years ago today is when we had this sighting 
Um, in New Jersey, two boys by the name of Martin and James were walking home late that evening when they noticed what appeared to be someone standing under a streetlight behind a wire fence. The man appeared to be in a spot that was very dangerous and essentially impossible for anyone to access since they would have to climb up an incline onto a turnpike and get over the fence. So it wasn't happening. Uh, noticing the strange tall man, James nudged Marvin to see if he noticed. And that's when James then spoke up and said, who's that guy behind you? Marvin turned to see the huge man now standing right behind him, behind the wire fence. Now face to face with the man, the eye shifted to them, but he didn't do or say anything. Upon closer inspection, the children noticed he was very large, bald-looking man wearing a green metal suit and had a huge grin on his face. But what made him so eerie was his unnatural facial features. He had no eyes, no nose, or hair, small beady eyes, set far apart in a grin that stretched from one side of his face to the other. Upon seeing him, Marvin remembered how there were reports of a tall green man chasing people, so the boys immediately hightailed it out of there. Good call, Martin. Or Marvin. That's a smart little... Because these kids are younger, is what Mm -hmm. I gathered from the story. That was a smart move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm gonna head out. So, good for them. And now, Mr. Smiley, or whatever we're calling him, Mr. Cold, like, he didn't do anything bad. He just... Yeah. He just appeared and was smiling, so maybe he was trying to make friends. I don't know. I, like, maybe I'm very speaking from being a girl that would walk the street at night sometimes. If a man was smiling at me, I was like, oh, this is the end. This is... That's fair. This is... But what if he was wearing a green metal suit? (laughs) This is the fashionable end. (laughs) 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 It's a little bit more tasteful. At least you're going out in style. (laughs) Facts. Right. Oops, I've got to go backwards on our. Uh... All right. So this next one is where did I go? Um, called the sewing machine salesman. So this is November 1966. So a month after the boys spotted the guy. Um, so this is the most common uh, instance of the sighting. Um, this was November 1st in West Virginia. So on a cold November night, as the moon hung low in the night sky, Woodrow Derenberger, a sewing machine salesman, was driving down the back roads of West Virginia on his way home from a business trip in Marietta, Ohio. That's when he noticed what appeared to be a flashing car light ahead of him. Thinking they were police officers, he stopped his car and pulled over to the side of the road. But peering through the bright light, um, he noticed it was not a police car, but an aircraft that looked like a kerosene lamp chimney and when a strange man stepped out of the lamp-shaped craft and began to approach his truck with folded arms now um i think kimmy had the better explanation of uh what this looked like <laughs> um i said if you don't know what a cursing lamp chimney is just like close your eyes and picture a lamp being held by an old widow that owns the lighthouse mm-hmm. and it's like a stormy night and she's like looking out to sea, holding the lamp with her little shawl over her, thinking of her deceased husband that got lost yeah. on the <laughs> while out there. Dear diary, November 1st, 1966. I haven't seen Jimothy in 17 years. <laughs> he took off on his journey to discover the, the great sea. 
all he left me was this kerosene lamp and one day he would be back and light my spark once again just like the spark of my kerosene lamp <laughs> well jimmy it's been been many a years since i've seen you and i hope one day the tides bring you home but unfortunately i do not see this happening i'm so cold and alone jimmy I like to imagine there's a little poem excerpt underneath that that says, Jimothy fell in love with the sea, but I fell in love with Jimothy. <laughs> when Jimothy disappeared into the sea, I found myself. I found myself always looking out, hoping to see that black flag flying over the sunset. What I didn't mention was Jimothy was actually a pirate and a terrible, terrible person who robbed and pillaged the, the South Indian Sea. This kerosene lamp came from a small kingdom that he once pillaged. That's how I'll remember him as my bloodthirsty pirate man. XOXO, Agatha James. <laughs> so that's what a kerosene lamp chimney looks like. Yeah, people. so that, anyway, that's a kerosene lamp. <laughs> Um, so... Back to the 1960s. Um, yeah. Alien man so when walking I towards us. Again. So, um, so the alien man walked in a manner that seemed just disjointed and then began to speak telepathically to Derenberg and introduced himself as Angel Cloud, space alien, and kindly asked him to roll down his right window so they could have a chat. Though terrified, Derenberg was like, well, what am I going to do? This guy has a spaceship. So he rolled down his window, and the man came up to his vehicle. The strange man asked what Derenberg's name was and asked why he was frightened. At that moment, Derenberg was able to piece together why the strange man looked so off. He had an eerie grin that did not move and a set of wide, beady eyes that never broke eye contact. Very polite. Though creeped out, he mentally continued the conversation with injured cold. Injured said, don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. And we mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. After talking to him about his home planet, why he was visiting, and how he just wanted to make friendly human contact, Inger said how he had to go and would visit Derenberg again. The strange man then walked back to the ship and disappeared into the night. I know, I know we got a little lost in so, the metaphor for that story, but, you know, it's overall pretty. We got a pretty friendly, peculiar alien encounter yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe he visited Just Agatha like in Jimmy a past was life. before he joined the pirate life <laughs> yeah maybe Mr. Cold is Jimmy <laughs> no but you'll see why there's actually an explanation to why he is all right well <laughs> our next encounter takes place in 1966 oh okay we're getting that fun delay again, so I'm just going to power through. So uh, at the time, the family had reported that they believed to be poltergeist activity in their home. They would see strange lights in shades of blue, green, and red, even changing ones in the sky around their rural home at night. These lights produced no noise, and some were so low they appeared diamond-shaped when the family looked through the home's window. The lights weren't the only strange activity on the property. Cars near the home would stall unexplainably, and kitchen cabinets and doors in their homes would slam in the late hours of the night. They even received phone calls to the home phone that were 
that when they picked up would be a strange, metallic, incoherent sound on the other line. Nope. And if all that wasn't spooky enough, sometimes the family would hear the cries of a baby inside their home. Mm. Now, it's important to point out that baby cries and slam of cabinets and doors are very poltergeisty. But there was clearly something else because poltergeists don't make giant lights in the sky as far as I know. <laughs> um, so it all boiled over one evening when Linda, the daughter of the family, woke up to see a tall figure hovering above her bed. It appeared a very large, tall man with an eerie grin. The little girl screamed and hid under the covers. Once she poked her head back out and noticed he had disappeared, she ran to her mother's bedroom, shrieking hysterically and saying, there's a man in the room, and refused to sleep in her own bed for months following the encounter. Good call, little Linda. Yeah, way to be brave enough to look out from under the covers. Oh, mm -hmm. did, yeah, I would have just stayed under there the rest of the night. <laughs> we got that bad lag again. Lord. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. We're just going to power through. Yeah, um, we'll be good. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, um, but not really because we're pre recording, but we'll be right back. Here's a wolf howl. Hey there, campers. Ryan here. Did you know that Kimmy let me talk her into doing another podcast? That's right. Introducing the Creepy Camper Podcast, our once a month pod where Kimmy and I watch a scary movie, her a little more reluctantly than me, and break down the deeper meaning behind it. So come check out the newest alluring network show, the Creepy Camper Podcast at alluring.com or wherever you find your podcasts and let's get creepy. This is an incredibly creepy photo. Yeah, you know, I hated researching him. I yeah. it was very late last night and the night before when I was able to, and I really regret it because it was not fun <laughs> to see yeah. this face. I would there's like, something so creepy about a grin. Yeah, I would like have the PowerPoint open and like all the different mm -hmm. links open in the story, and I'd switch between it and I'd see his face and I go. <laughs> uh, uh. I was like, I'm done. I moved to the next slide. All right. Let's let's tell all of our audio listeners why we think he looks so creepy in this photo. So appearance-wise, Indrid Cold appears as a very tall man who wears an old suit or overalls and is either a shade of green or blue and sometimes has a metallic fabric look to it. His skin normally appears as a tan color, but sometimes gives off a strange greenish tint. Overall, he seems like your average tall Joe until you get up close and personal. Focusing on his face, he has a very small set of wide eyes, and he has an eerie grin that stretches from one cheek to another. Some say how parts of his face may appear missing, such as there being no nose, no ears, and he's also known to have no hair. Which gives all, which gives him more like gray alien appearance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So overall, kind of, it's like it's like an alien trying to be human is a really great way to explain his appearance. Yeah, it's like he like watched a couple YouTube videos and was like, "All right, this is how humans act," and then <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Write that down. Write that down." <laughs> Hello, I am human man here to <laughs> greet you. 
I come in peace. And just the cheeky smile. Yeah, he's like, humans love smiles. It diffuses <laughs> situations. Always smile. <laughs> Always smile. And never break eye contact. Always. And never. It is so rude to break eye contact. <laughs> I would love to be in on a class about what aliens mm-hmm. think humans yeah. like. I wouldn't comment anything. I would just be like, break that down. um so next we're going to talk about his behavior and his like personality is a bit hard to pinpoint at times it seems like he's a non-malevolent alien and is merely here to observe and protect um personally he gives a lot of like animal rescue worker vibes like I feel he looks at humans and he's like, oh, look at this so cute human. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just terrified, yeah. Yeah, I'm just here to yeah. help. And he smiles yeah. and does like a creepy yeah, voice man. to comfort. I love you. <laughs> and the animal's like. Ah! <laughs> yeah. So that's the vibes I get from him. Like he sees us like we see animals in a petting zoo. <laughs> yeah. Um. He has also never caused any harm or hurt anyone. The most unsettling thing about him is his appearance. Some do speculate the reason Mr. Cold wears such an eerie smile is so he can blend in and not come off as creepy when talking to humans. Uh, <laughs> which may not be working the way he thinks he is. But yeah, it's, it's not. He, he, he studied and he's doing his best. <laughs> yeah. He honestly seems to have no ill intentions and is generally peaceful with those that he has encountered. Um, However, that did change at the turn of the century. And that's because good old creepypasta got a hold of this creepy, malicious, smiling man. So the internet transformed him into an urban legend with more creepy vibes. This version of Mr. Cold is known to behave erratically as he dances around and moves in a disjointed manner as if a little tiny alien is manually controlling his body. Uh, while moving, he will always be staring up at the night sky until he finds a victim. And that's when he will lock eyes with them and he will chase them down. <laughs> mm. Which is nope. Because, like, I, I, the image I have of him walking is, like, the Titans from Attack on Titan. Just, <laughs> like, robot-y. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually probably very accurate. So that's what I see in my head. And he's just staring at you smiling in a business suit. And (laughs) if he could say, I would like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty, it would be Mm -hmm. pure perfection. But, you know, we can't have it all sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So though there is the more spooky version of this creature, I personally think that's just like an embellishment. Like... He just really seems like he's just trying to blend in. <laughs> yeah. And he's it, really bad at it, but he's doing his best. Really bad. It's like when you have that family member that is now like really supportive about like mm-hmm. you being gay and they go way overboard with like the rainbows <laughs> and stuff and you're like you don't need to, you don't need to be doing right. this. You can, you can chill. <laughs> like I appreciate your support but we just got to take it out a level, you know. What I mean? <laughs> All right. Now on to some fun little facts surrounding this creepy man. Can we please change that picture to the next one? All right. Another another cryptid in the sky. 
<laughs> it's a bird. It's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plane. It's a sexy mothman. No. Mm. <laughs> Well, that's going to be one of the clips to market this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So though we know injured cold as its own type of extraterrestrial, there was a moment in the 60s where many would confuse him with the one, the only Mothman, which is very funny because you brought him up earlier. I don't see the resemblance. Uh, No, look, just squint your eyes just a little. (laughs) See, there you go. Nope, not seeing it. It's because I have worse eyesight. That's why they look the same to me. Yeah. Wait, let me. There you go. Okay. Actually, yeah. No, I see the. Uncanny All right. There we go. Yeah, I see it. Twin. <laughs> Ryan had to take off his glasses so you could see what I see normally. You know. Yeah. So in the early nineteen, in early nineteen sixty-seven, one of the most infamous Mothman sightings occurred. This cryptid was spotted hovering above Silver Bridge, an I-bar chain suspension bridge which connected Point Pleasant and Gala. Polis, Ohio, on the opposite sides of the Ohio River. This led to a... Wait, what? It's always Ohio. Oh, man. Yeah. The only reason I would move to Ohio at this point is just so I could get a good photo for Ryan before he passes to the next life. I feel that's what Ryan (laughs) needs Mm -hmm. (laughs) before he can ever move on. (laughs) Yeah. His spirit will haunt us until... I am going to become a revenant. (laughs) That will not rest until a good cryptid photo is taken. (laughs) He just becomes stronger and stronger because each time someone passes away that did a false photo, he, like, feeds on their soul. He made a Mm -hmm. deal with the devil. That's a whole thing. soul belongs to me. (laughs) It's like there's the devil and then there's the Ryan false cryptid coucher like it's right next in the bible uh yeah they took my page out it's the old testament yeah (laughs) the new 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 testament Uh, so this led to a collection of people looking into this strange phenomenon one of them was john keeler an american investigator while looking into the mothman sightings he received a series of phone calls from mr Mm. cold the smiling man had arrived in town in 1966, about the same year when Mothman was being reported in Point Pleasant. Now, during December 15th of that same year, John got a final call from the ominous Mr. Cold. So what I was able to find is, what I was able to interpret is John was on the bridge when Mr. Cold called him and told him to run away because of a terrible disaster about to happen. Then... Oh. Once he got off the bridge, it ended up collapsing and killing 46 people. Oh, shit. So since that incident, Mothman and Injured Cold were both seen as prophets of doom. The media would even go as far as depicting them as the same creatures from one news report to another. So Mm -hmm. even though Mr. Cold started as a shady character involved with the Mothman legends, it wasn't long until he was known as his own supernatural entity and became a major part of UFO now i want to go back to the top of the episode where Mm -hmm. you talked about we had the thing about the vietnam war yeah (laughs) and me i i can't remember if it was cut out or not because this episode is a little bit of a mess right now but give me yeah (laughs) public education system has failed me and i forgot 
that this was when the Vietnam War was going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my theory is maybe that was one of the things they were kind of warning about that was about to happen. Because he he disappeared. You know, when did it? One second. Let me. When did the Vietnam War start? Let me see. Like 54. That yeah. Was a while after. No, because he kind of showed up in the middle of it. Yeah. So never mind. I mean, it got worse, you know. So and that, that's true. Maybe he came to say, "Hey, you yeah. know this you shit show." Stop. <laughs> Maybe leave. Maybe leave. Maybe you don't need to be there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Mister Cold. <laughs> what was that? The Bush administration. <laughs> Kimmy. Oh my god! I'm done. I'm done. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Public education, baby. <laughs> oh man, I did not do very well in that class either. I had a very <laughs> world history. No, you're only off by like twenty years. It's fine. You know, I'm not going to say any more presidents because I know they're all going we to. Should, we should move on. You're only digging a hole deeper. Let's 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 move on to uh... the cost of living with a UFO encounter. Yeah. Um, it seemed like everyone was talking about Mothman and Mr. Cold at the time, but the idea of space aliens were on people's mind. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I wrote that weird. Everyone was thinking about these creatures, and when we look back at it, it's like, oh, everyone must have been talking about it. But at the time, discussing this kind of stuff was way more hush-hush. So during the 1960s, it is very important to note how taboo it was for people to come forward about their encounters with the strange and unusual or anything alien. Coming forward about these experiences were easily dismissed as something mental and often resulted in the person becoming ostracized by their community and hermiting away from everyone for the rest of their lives. So... In the case of Indrid Cold, when Durenberger came forward about his experience, he was soon thrusted into the limelight, but not in a good way. Media and locals constantly stalked around his home in hopes to catch a glimpse of the smiling man. And if people weren't stalking him and the home, they were outright ridiculing him and dismissing him as mental. Derenberg became depressed and suffered painful headaches after the experience and even went to the doctor for a diagnosis to see what was up. But the doctor said everything looked good and there was no chemical imbalances or disruptions. This event not only took a toll on him, but on his family and friends. For years, they would all receive harassing phone calls to their home or work from UFO enthusiasts news outlets, and even people pretending to be the ominous smiling man just to, like, poke fun, which is not not mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> like, messed up. If you, just as, like, a good pro tip for, like, any type of thing with any type of person you're dealing with, if you have to call the work to do a prank call, you've gone way too far, you know? Yeah. Like, just don't do it. It's fine. Just, like, go back to teeping houses, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it got so bad, some even blamed the loss of their jobs on his encounter with injured cold. Because they were just receiving so many phone calls, which just kind of yeah. sucks. But I don't think it's his fault. But 
in the end, he, him coming forward about the experience did way more harm than good. This encounter took such a toll on him, he became obsessed with the events of the strange night, and it led to him sadly losing his job, his wife, and moving far away just to find some peace of mind. And he also, like, became really obsessive, where he wrote, like, seven books about it, and, like, that became his whole life, you know? Okay. And I feel... The sad thing is, like, he just didn't have any support system with it. Yeah. Yeah, everyone thought it was crazy. Yeah, which is, like, not cool. Like, especially at this time when, like, <laughs> men, yeah. people having mental health, like, wasn't a thing. But, like, especially men, like, it's just, yeah. it's, it's very messed up and it breaks my heart a little. But, you know, on a lighter note, times do be changing. Currently, people seem way more open to the idea of aliens walking amongst us than they did, like, 57 years ago. Maybe it's because we're currently living in a post-capitalistic hellscape where the cost of living rises for no reason. <laughs> and the thought of aliens is honestly the last thing yeah. on our minds. Like, man, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, but is my landlord going to raise the rent after not taking care of the mass yeah. problem? <laughs> Speaking of which, guess who had a mouse run in the bathroom while she was... <laughs> oh, no. I was mid. I couldn't do anything. I just screamed so... <laughs> Naked and afraid. I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> that mouse ran in so quick and so fast. It was more scared of the naked giant than it was of the... <laughs> that I should have been. Anyway, it's fine. I feel a lot of rage for that. But, you know, it just happened before we started recording, so that's why. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Call an exterminator. Or maybe, or maybe we don't really care as much because maybe we're just thirsty for some extraterrestrial booty, you know? I have to stay on the mouse topic, but maybe you could do like a ratatouille <laughs> situation where it writes our podcast for us. You know, that would just, just be saying. nice because then that's less mm -hmm. work I have to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me go. It like... I saw it for the first time yesterday, I, and it, like, Luma was sitting, staring at me, and I, I took a step downstairs, and I see it run past Luma, and she looked at it, and looked at me, like, do you see this asshole? And I was yeah. like, are you not yeah. going to do anything about it? And she just yeah. was like, you take care of it, so. Yeah. Anyway, I, I have a hard time with mice, because I don't want to harm them, but if I don't. Yeah. <laughs> they they just come they in your house. Back. Yeah, yeah. they can be outside all they want. It's the moment they're in the house that yeah. I have the problem. I was like, I will make you a house outside. Just yeah. <laughs> don't touch my stuff. Oh, with their little feet everywhere. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, now we know Kimmy's feeling about now. So let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> what an image! Woo! All right, so. This is like a fun little picture of kind of what the the encounter was. If you there's like the ship on the side and him mm -hmm. coming out and the cars. So speaking of alien booty, uh, I'd like to take a moment to talk about where Indrid Cold comes from and Derenberg's first hand experience with this place. Buckle up because whoa, I I really had to condense this part. Because this is oh, no. a little while. So upon encountering 
Denenberg, Mr. Cole told him how he came to take samples of different vegetation and animals on Earth to compare it with the ones from his home planet called Lanulos, which was 14.6 light years away in the galaxy of Ganymede. Should have looked up those words. I mean, it's it's an alien planet. You can say however you want, <laughs> and, you're, and you're correct. <laughs> Fair. That's very fair. So Lanus was described to be practically the same as planet Earth in regards to people's beliefs, planet, environment, and culture. It was originally settled by people of Earth who traveled there in spaceships. So this implies that Earthlings could travel to space prior to the 20th century, but the knowledge of space travel has been lost for a long time and only more recently rediscovered. Prometheus uh, type uh, type vibes. I I was thinking the other day of how we have that trend where it's like how often do guys think about the Roman Empire? Yeah. And it was like, what do girls think about? And I was like, man, I think about the Library of Alexandria like three times mm. a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe that's where the space travel docks were in. Jimmy thinks about the Greek Empire a lot, <laughs> not the Roman Empire. What was it? The Roman Empire? Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think about the Roman Empire like three times a day? Uh, probably six or seven times a day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have no idea where that trend came from. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I thought about the Roman Empire. <laughs> I was like, I don't... But now I do all the time. Now, now it's so, always there. Yeah, from... Now it's just always in the back of my mind. <laughs> like, fuck, I could have been a gladiator. Would you want to be a gladiator? Yesterday when I was wearing my kilt at the Ren Fair, I was like, man, something primal, you know? <laughs> I could have been like a wildling in uh, in the in the Roman Empire. You just felt just connected. Freaking taking out Caesar, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm looking from the other side of the Roman Empire. Yeah. <laughs> You're like still part of it, just the other side. Yeah. The other side. <laughs> So Mr. Gold told Dernenberg how the planet was pra- they practiced marriage and referred to their partners as united and would refer to their spouse as a union. So a little solidarity forever, man. Yeah. So like kudos <laughs> to that. I don't know. I also believe like we may be one of the few races that have like sexes like with aliens. I don't know. I, f- I feel aliens are way more like interesting they're just, called, they're just called something different yeah know? that's what they i have think a book. <laughs> i've watched too much speed uh, space anime mm-hmm. in my life so yeah. sailor moon does a real impact on a young age mm-hmm. um he told him of his wife kimmy <laughs> and his three children <laughs> so agatha <laughs> was not his partner <laughs> as much as we would love that no, agatha agatha is his widow who <laughs> oh and then he got with kimmy yeah. Oh, checks out. Oh, you know what? I allow that timeline because they're... they disappeared off into the void with Kimmy off in the distance. <laughs> that red swear she's just took a friend, from... but <laughs> she uh, she took him into space, but they're never to be seen again. <laughs> she was also a space pirate. <laughs> I think that might be why Jimmy joined the lifestyle of of the pirate space pirate regime. He left me this lamp. Because it was space, like a spaceship that he uh, took off in. It belonged to Kimmy before the days of the traveling 
He's going to a planet what that he calls Earth. Or Omega 927685. <laughs> I fear Timmy may never return home. <laughs> Agatha Christie, 1967. <laughs> I am convinced you were an old widow in your past life. Because <laughs> you are too good at that. <laughs> well... It would make sense because their lifespan is about 125 years to 175 years. <laughs> and My uh, 85 year old child is still living at home. <laughs> he has not moved out. Rents are a little too high on this planet, so he moved to Earth to, in hopes of low rent and, and cheap living. <laughs> He's going to be sorely disappointed in about 60 years when the boomers uh, start retiring. And calling real estate uh, an investment instead of a place to live, you know. Agatha Christie, 1968. <laughs> Agatha Christie is one of my favorite humans right now. <laughs> so, um, children of the planet go through lengthy education periods that start the moment they're capable of knowing the difference between good and evil. Uh, oh. The planet was also hella evolved, and honestly, mm -hmm. it just seems better than Earth. So the people of Lanos are non-hostile, and they have no crime or war. Well, we, we've already established they do have piracy, though. So. They, you know what? To each their own. You, you got it's space piracy. They're not doing it on their planet, <laughs> so it doesn't count. Yeah, see, that's fair, you know. It's like, well, the crime isn't happening on the planet. Yeah, laws are, you know, written by the governing body. So, like, <laughs> maybe to them, piracy is not illegal, so there's no crime. That's fair. See, that's how I see yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> so, speaking of government, it is loosely organized around 56 people guiding council who members are elected would you look at that? Every six months. And if a member... Sounds like, could you imagine voting every six months? That sounds like a fucking nightmare. You know, I would say that, but then I see some of the people just high on dementia medication. That's true. And I'm just like, you and know... Here's what? the thing. They would still get elected every six months. Then we just have to elect... <laughs> Ninety-seven-year-old lieutenant governor for the ninety-seventh year election in a row, instead of like the fiftieth election in a row, you know. And it's so broken. <laughs> so broken. Anyway, we need to get through this episode. <laughs> Ryan and I are real, really setting into some existential dread right now. Um, also, if the members prove unfit, they are dismissed, and another person will be elected. So. Oh. Okay. So they they actually, again. Better, better, better planet yeah. Earth. <laughs> the friendly Lanasolians, while not warlike, were engaged in business and desired mm -hmm. to establish trade with Earth. Then there's the piracy. However, they found their attempts to form a relationship rebuffed. <laughs> Mr. Cold said how they approached the American government multiple times, but to no surprise, <laughs> they got shot. <laughs> And he, like, showed, like, a uh -oh. few shotgun marks he had from oh trying to confront the American government, <laughs> which is too on brand. He um, showed up Nixon's lawn, and he's just like, get out, pop! <laughs> yeah. He's like, they're making them green now. <laughs> Nixon was on 
his uh, the White House lawn smoking weed <laughs> when when an alien showed up on his lawn that he had to shoot with a shotgun, and that's when the war on drugs started. Because he's like, that, that was a crazy trip. <laughs> he's like, well, I'll be shooting because we all got guns. <laughs> so, so Mr. Cold had such a bad experience with that, he would try to flag people on the side of the road so he could share knowledge with them and have, like, mm. kind human interactions. He's just... So I'm trying to help these Earthlings. They keep <laughs> getting shooting me. It's like, why? I don't even understand Why anymore. did I cheat? Yeah. <laughs> so now, this all may sound really out there, but apparently Denenberg entered Mr. Cold's spaceship and visited the planet a few times. So since we don't have time to unpack all of that, I just want to add a quick side note that there is way more information about Lanos in Denenberg's published books and we just don't have time to cover it all in an episode. So if you want a fun read, go check it out. Uh, fun fact, we have direct links for some of them on our website. If you, or if you head over to bookshop.org shop slash alluring, you can get it from there. And it's pretty great because we get a little kickback and they do stuff for local bookstores. So... It's just like a fun little thing to support everyone out there. And I, I always am all about that. So it's also important to note there has been no independent verification of the existence of such a planet as Denenberg has described. So many people believe it's nothing more than, what is it, fiction? I wrote that wrong. So it's fiction. But I like to think we aren't the only ones out there. And you know what? There could be something to it. Like, why not? You know? And now, my source is that I made it the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's our podcast, so I really can't. I can't hate on. What's the source? It's me. I'm the source. My brain. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for one of my favorite segments. Ryan's getting emotionally ready. It is time for Is It Science or the Church? This one's actually kind of hard because, like, it seems like science is the obvious answer. Of course. But but the church has always got some shit to say, you know? So I'm going to go with my first instinct and say science. Well, Ryan, you're lucky I didn't pull an old, what's it called, switcheroony. Because I almost put the belief system of Mr. Cold in here. <sighs> But I did it. Oh, yeah. So you got it. <laughs> I'd oh. like to thank Agatha Christie. <laughs> Agatha straight away from the church in her later years in 1969. After after Timmy's betrayal, she, she stopped seeing God in the sunsets and Started uh, started staying home on Sundays, or they call schlop lads. On. Someone please draw Ryan as I go. <laughs> Just a little doodle. That's all I ask. Some say God is dead. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. We killed him. Agatha Christie, 1969. Nice. <laughs> I can't. I, I gave you too much power with that reference, and it's just never going to end. <laughs> so, we 
Nothing on science this week, campers. Uh, very straightforward. People believe it's nothing more than someone tripping in a suit. You know, it's someone just. I mean, that makes it was the '60s. That checks. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of psychedelic drugs. A lot, a lot of, of there's there's a reason folklore happened during the times. A lot of people did mushrooms. Yeah. So. And then there happened to be a resurgence in America. Around the same time, people kind of started to rediscover mushrooms. It's all, I'm just throwing it out there. It's all, it's all psychedelics, psychedelics or psychedelics or psychedelics, you know? Yeah, this, of course, this doesn't, it can explain, you can like argue, but it doesn't really explain how they can talk telepathically or how multiple people were seeing the same creature or Mm -hmm. how they saw the ship. Yeah. So that's fair. Mostly the ship. Well, technically, only one person saw the ship. That's fair. The other people just saw a creepy smiling man, which could have been just a guy. Yeah, in a suit. <laughs> in a suit. Have some <laughs> just... yeah. How he moved so fast, it's hard to say, but you know. It's just, he, I like to imagine it's the more creepy way, like the Attack on Titan one running but when he's running at you it plays the song what is it like a thousand miles like make my way downtown (laughs) 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 anyway that's all i got ryan it's your turn you you take you take over (laughs) it's time for modern takes with ryan that's not playing for some reason but i promise there's usually a gift that pops up on the screen anyway um so i got two little things to talk about this week one you know we love giving shout outs to little short films so uh kimmy actually found one on youtube called the smiling uh, 2 a.m the smiling man a short film by michael evans uh, it's four minutes, but uh, very creepy, and actually got me. Oh, I jumped. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but there's a there's a jump in there that got me pretty good. Um, yeah, good, good little short film uh, that kind of gives, especially like when Kimmy was talking about how some people described it as like a guy just like dancing, pretending to be a human. Yeah. Um, and then, th- so this one is not really accurate, but the whole time I was reading, I was just thinking of the movie Smile that came out last year. Mm. Um, because the whole thing is there's like a plague going around of people who they start smiling and then they got to kill themselves. And then if someone sees them kill themselves, they get the smile curse. And maybe they got their inspiration from the smiling man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot of overlap, primarily the smile, the creepy smile. Um, so it just got me thinking about that, and it's just a really good movie. I liked it a lot. So that was one of the first scary movies you had me watch. It is, yeah. That was the original creepy camper idea, the one that sparked the idea. Now it is what it is. Now it's <laughs> much much different. Four episodes in, we're finding our footing. Whoa. <laughs> well. Hey. Original Loring took a few episodes, so you know what? Mm-hmm. You're doing great based off track record. <laughs> hey <laughs> No, that's, it's the smiling thing for me that I just, I don't like. I don't know. It's just, bleh, 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 bleh. I don't like it. Yeah. Nope. Nope. yeah, there's something like, uh, what's the, the uncanny valley of like seeing like a big smile when they're being creepy, you know, it's like uh paradoxical um yeah just like yeah just nah 
nah. No, I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a. I didn't even think of the smile movie. That's a good comparison. Yeah. With it. I mean, the name's right there. It's right. It is right yeah. there. Uh, I think I just tuned that out. I really tossed that out of my memory bank. I was like, mm, I don't want to remember anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> but here it is again. Wonderful. Right before bed, too. Just just when I want to remember the scary stuff. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Let's let's do some some lore report stuff. And then we'll, we'll move on to the announcements. This is when you do the wolf sound, by the way. Oh. Mm. All right. Campers. Did you know we have a newsletter? What? Well, now you do. <laughs> and the best part is you can join and it's free. So every month we send out a newsletter of the latest podcast episodes, shop updates. We have artist features and shout outs and anything coming new. Again, it's free to subscribe and it's a great way to stay updated in the world of Loring, especially if you're like not about them social media channels, but you got an email. This is mm-hmm. this is how you'll want to get your news. Um, plus, I took some extra time to make it look really pretty. So I would just appreciate if you check it out. I put like little animations in it. It's very cute. Um, to join the newsletter, simply go to loring.com and click on the Loring podcast listen page and sign up with your best email. I think you only need an email address and your first name. That way, when I send the emails, they feel personable. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't trying to get all your info. No, I don't need that. I barely can hold on to my own info, so... Yeah. <laughs> Keep that to yourself. Yeah. And then also, if you are like a cryptid or folklore artist, if you email us, you can fill out the form on our website or email us at alorian at gmail.com for a chance to be featured in the newsletter. So do that. And if you have fan art, you're more likely to be featured sooner. Just a little fun pro tip. Lead nice people noise. to your Etsy shop that all like strange things, you know? Like, mm-hmm. We got you. All right. Your turn, Ryan. <laughs> um, and do you love fairy tales? I know you do because you're here. Um, and and do you love when people are tipsy reading those fairy tales? Well, I have great news. We do both, and we've been doing both. Um, if you head over onto our Patreon and listen to our bonus episode series, Liquor and Lore. Um, so every month, Kimmy and I reread a short fairy tale all while enjoying a drink. And um, it gets chaotic because we record about four in a row. So you'll be able to tell which episodes are early in the night and which episodes are later in the night because they get worse or better depending on how you're looking at it. Um, and since it's the spooky season, we'll be releasing two Halloween-inspired Liquor and Lore episodes this month. Um can I say what one of them is? Like, you can say both did, of them. Uh, okay, we did. I'm just going to say one because if you want to know what the other one is, you can go uh, become a patron. Oh. Uh, we did uh, Stingy Jack and um, um, drink every time I say stingy instead of stingy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Only if you're of legal age. <laughs> yeah. We're not responsible uh, for your health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're drink not legal, yeah. I just said drink. You can drink milk if you're a child. That's not lemon funny. shots. If you really um, hate yourself, just squeeze some lemon juice. 
into a little shot glass. We should make. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna re-listen to the episode. And I'm gonna make a little drinking bingo card. <laughs> um, so join Patreon today for as low as three dollars a month, or as they like to say on like those like commercials that piss me off. For the price of coffee, you can get, become a Patreon exclusive for half for a the price month. of coffee. For <laughs> half the price of a Starbucks coffee. For a for a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, you can become a Patreon <laughs> for a whole month. Woo! that i don't need to start selling my body um join us today at patreon.com slash alluring today help keep ryan off the streets folks yeah. um all right he's dressed as agatha on the corner i'll do if we get we need to come up with a sign-up goal. And if we get a big enough sign-up goal, I will do like a two-hour-long Agatha monologue. Um, if we can you, get... You come up with a goal, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. If we get 50 Patreons by the end of the year, what, we'll we do that. <laughs> I'll do a two-hour-long Agatha monologue <laughs> live. All right. I will illustrate it, you guys. <laughs> live. <laughs> live <laughs> that'd actually be fun like i'll i'll just talk for two hours while you draw on the stream and then so sign up for patreon today at patreon.com slash alluring once again that is patreon.com slash alluring all right let's get back to the show okay we were on the same page this week. Oh, pretty, yeah. I mean, I, you man's a freak, the hero, or but the he's villain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the man's a freak, but he's not like not doing, doing anything. anything good or evil. I mean, if he's doing the whole like trying to teach us how to like better our society, it probably put him at good. But I think he just got caught in an awkward situation and yeah. was trying to lie his way out of it. Like, no, I promise, I was just trying to help you i definitely didn't get banned yeah. from my planet for smiling at everybody i the reason i put him chaotic is there's a little bit of alien splaining vibes from him yeah which i'm like hmm. I don't, oh, I don't. you guys have election every two years hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and it's like listen i know it's a shit show you know it's a shit show but mm-hmm. that's not going to change anything <laughs> yeah you got to get some Russian votes in that for that to change. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, let us know what you think in the uh, in the if you're listening on Spotify. It turns out you can leave comments on Spotify now. So let us know um, what you think it falls. Um, is he is he alien pointing? Is he just a nice guy or is he misunderstood? You know. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you think. Vote. In the Spotify comments below, <laughs> or YouTube, wherever options. you are. Yeah, yeah. And I um, don't think he's hot, so you know, he's just. Well, I mean, no, no. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. No. Come on, come on. Nah, maybe for Agatha, but you know what? Not. Emmy <laughs> was not a very attractive man, but he had great personality. Personality that would. Spark the fire between my loins. On stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stop. I don't want to hear about the loins of Agatha. <laughs> I 
We have, we're so close to ending, and Ryan is going to go for another 20 minutes. To me, it was a generous level. With a smile. We're going to very... do... We're going to do our takeaways because yeah. it's never going to end. And I'm so to... tired. It was very straightforward. Every six months, you'd come in, get the job done, and walk away. Every day, God tests me in different ways. Give me your takeaways, Miss Agatha. Agatha's dead. God is dead. <laughs> we killed him. My takeaway is if you're on a train of people and you see Bigfoot, don't rely on the one guy with an iPhone 4 to take the image. <laughs> and, and don't shoot your visitors will be my takeaway. Yeah. Looking at you, Richard Nixon. Piece of shit. Anyway, let's let's get out of here. Oh, thank you so much for listening. This has been uh, Lori. You have a long day. I'll catch you in the next episode. Agatha Christie, 1971. And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G dot com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.